With all the snow we've had lately, perhaps you took some time to go sledding after clearing your sidewalks. We probably don't think too much about sledding outside of where we'll go and if we're dressed properly, but this winter activity can double as a lesson in physics. From the right temperature for the best speeds to the kind of sled you use, Dr. Jack Sanders, assistant professor of physics at Marquette University, helps to break down some key sledding physics concepts. They start with explaining air resistance. There are basic physics principles called Newton's laws, and one of them is, is that every action exerts an equal opposite reaction. Um, if I push on the air, the air has to push on me. So the air is much smaller than I am. Molecules are very small, so I push them out of the way very easily, but they still slow me down a little bit. And there's a lot more air molecules than there are me. Air resistance is all of, the, all of the force that the air is exerting on me as I'm moving. And I'm thinking when it also comes to sledding, um, say it's a windy day, does that add some complications to air resistance? Yeah, there will be additional forces from uh, the wind pushing on you as well. Uh, actually, this idea of air resistance and the technical physics term is fluid dynamics is for the entire field. It is actually one of the most complicated fields of physics mathematically. Um, this is a fun, one of my fun facts I like talking about is that quite literally you cannot do this using just math, just, just a pen and paper and occasional calculator use. You do need to model this with the computer and code. So you could not have done this without computers. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating. So the next basic term we're gonna go through is aerodynamics. Aerodynamics is an expression of how much you have an air resistance interaction. So if you are aerodynamic, you have less air resistance interaction. In general, the fastest way you can get a good idea of whether something is to be aerodynamic or not is if it is presenting a small cross-section to the direction of travel. Basically, if you look at the direction something is traveling and you see how big it is, it will probably have a low air resistance interaction or will be highly aerodynamic. Shape also matters. If something is pointy in the direction it's traveling, it will have a lower air resistance interaction. If something is flat, it will have a higher air resistance interaction. This is quantified in a coefficient of drag, um, which runs from like zero to a little over one, typically. But you tend to have to calculate that using modeling for every single object. So it's something where I probably can't tell you what your coefficient of drag is, because <laughs> it's probably very, very variable, depending on what shape you are holding your body in at the time. One thing that I think uh, we all can definitely know the feeling of when we're sledding or even in everyday life is friction. Where does friction apply with sledding? Yeah, so friction is interactions between surfaces. Surfaces are rough. Even very smooth surfaces have a little bit of roughness. And that means that there's going to be a transfer of energy between the surfaces. So if your hands are getting cold and you rub them together and your hands heat up, that's because you are using the frictional interaction between your hands to create heat to warm up your hands. So when you're looking at a surface, interaction between surfaces, that frictional force between the surfaces will also slow things down. And this is what will actually slow you to a stop when you are sledding, the frictional interaction between your sled and the snow. Now, the reason we sled on snow instead of on ground is because there is less friction between snow and a sled than there is between ground and a sled. Right, and that kind of leads into another question I have, that when it comes to friction and resistance, does the kind of snow make a difference in how much farther and faster we'll move down a hill when we're sledding? Yeah, it does. So 
snow, if you actually look at it very, very closely under a microscope, it is made of a bunch of tiny little crystals. So very fresh snow is actually pointy. So extremely fresh snow is actually gonna have a higher coefficient of friction. It will exert a higher frictional force. The snow has been sitting for a little while. So very fresh snow is not gonna be as fast as snow that's been sitting for a little while. Also, the actual effect that is going to be reducing your friction while you're sledding or skiing or any sort of sliding sport on snow, you don't actually touch the snow. What actually happens is when you are sliding on the snow, having that little bit of heat, just remember you're rubbing your hands together, friction causes heat, you're melting the top layer of snow into water. So if you are melting the top layer of snow into water, you're making this little bed of water to float on. So you're floating on a tiny little bed of water. And this effect works best between about 32 Fahrenheit and 14 Fahrenheit. So if it's hotter than 32 Fahrenheit, it melts too much and you're basically inside of a puddle. And Moving it's a little slower. too slow. Yeah. yeah okay. And if, it's, uh, if, it, if you go below 14 Fahrenheit, it's too cold for this effect to happen and you don't get this melt water effect. If you wanted to have a consistent slickness, you do what professional skiers do and you wax the bottom of your sled or bottom of your skis. The best way to do this with a household object would be either using a candle or with WD-40, um, if, you like, if you can handle the smell of WD-40, which you may or may sure. not. <laughs> <laughs> I assume maybe waxing our sleds might be something we're going to do while we're bored in quarantine here. But um, <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With everyday sleds that you'll see at a park or a local sledding hill, you know, is the kind of sled we use important when it comes to aerodynamics or how fast we're going to pick up speed. You know, there's options not just in design, but materials. You have your standard, like, longer rectangular sleds. You have toboggans. You have inflatable tubes. Does this matter if, say, you know, our weight is the same and it's our force that's being put down? So this is something where this is a, it's a lot of variables, so you may want to do some testing of your own because it, this is all getting at materials. The way materials interact with surfaces depends a lot on temperature. So one thing I found when I was reading about the Iditarod in preparation for this is that now the Iditarod uses almost entirely different kinds of plastics, but previously they would use steel for some temperatures and wood for other temperatures. I think wood was for colder and steel was for warmer. Um, there was also a journal article I read where uh, ER trauma medics went and just measured a whole bunch of people going down hills and they saw that a whole bunch of people on air tubes were going for about two miles per hour on faster on average. But they didn't really control for many variables. So maybe you should go out and do some experiments of your own calling, trying to control for variables because I wasn't super impressed with the variables. Right, so it sounds like there's definitely room for our own experimentation. But when it comes to, say, overall tips and tricks, what would you recommend to someone of how to best go? If you wanna go fast, go back to the idea of that coefficient of drag and that coefficient of friction. So you want to be on snow that is in that, in that nice 14 to 32 Fahrenheit sweet spot, which is coincidentally a really great temperature to be outside if in the winter. And you want to try and make your body as pointy as possible with the smallest cross-sectional area to the direction of travel. So if you want to go fast down a sled hill, look at the people who are doing sled sports. So if you go and look at people who are doing skeleton and who are doing luge and doing bobsled, and look at how they shape their bodies when they are trying to go down a hill fast. People who are doing luge aren't sitting straight up like they're in a chair. They're lying back. So if you want to go faster, lean back in your sled. 
Well, certainly a lot for us to think about and experiment in a Wisconsin winter season that will last plenty long. So, Jax, I want to thank you so much for uh, sharing the physics of sledding with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I was happy to do so. Dr. Jack Sanders is an assistant professor of physics at Marquette University. You can hear more interviews like this one by visiting the Lake Effect page at wuwm.com.